So I think that we had a conversation a long time ago. Never. About uh, about old people and, and technology and stuff like that. That we should replace old people with robots? Yeah, I remember that one. Yes, every single one of them. We just want... <laughs> <laughs> Just put a quarter in him. He'll shut up. There. Um, no, no. Here is some sucking candy. Blink. <laughs> no, we were talking about um, how old people like to talk about how they had it so much harder and we should just shut our faces because they, they had harder lives and stuff like that. I, I've never really had grandparents like that. But yeah, I know there are some older people who are either one, younger people should shut up because they have it easier. Or two, um, things were better back then. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, you you say some, and I'm gonna say probably about thirty to forty percent of them are like that. Okay, I, and that and that's just because you... I work with that demographic pretty often. I work I work with that demographic too, except mine aren't in the hospital. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, yeah, but in the hospital or no, it still doesn't matter. It's still gonna be the same person, and once yeah, you get that's to true. know them, yeah, right. yeah. So this thing that so this meme keeps crop propping up in my uh, it keeps coming up in my feed, uh, my Facebook feed, my Twitter feed. It says it says something. Like guy one, hey, leave that old person alone about their bigoted opinions. They're from a different time. And then underneath it, it says guy two. Translation: They lived through every every piece of uh, you know human change, including including Martin Luther King, and they learned absolutely nothing. <laughs> And when I read it, I, I mean, I understand guy number one's point. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. guy number two's point. But at the same time, I, I'm, I'm looking at it thinking, so you are admitting that these people are incapable of learning a new opinion. And yet, uh-huh. for some reason, you still want to be shitty to them. You still hold them responsible for them. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know me. I believe that change is generational, right? Yeah. And there are still people alive today who are in their 90s who remember segregation, who, you know, had grandparents when they were young children who probably remembered slavery. You know, we have people alive today that learned different lessons and those things are very difficult for them to change. I wouldn't say, my, I will openly admit, my grandmother on my dad's side, who I love dearly, mm-hmm. was also racist. The difference was oh, she wasn't hateful, right? She wasn't bigoted. What was but she, she just had... like? Are you guys going to eat chicken and watermelon today? Like that? Like <laughs> yeah, something like that, or something like you know, for a black fella, you know, something like oh well, black fellas do really good in football, and it's like okay, grandma, thanks. <laughs> Well, I mean, technically, if you look at the demographics of the NFL, she wouldn't be wrong, but she's trying to put it as as they're just good at that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it's kind of like there's I think one of the things that people need to get over is that when someone says you're racist, the knee jerk reaction for a lot of people is say, no, I'm not. I'll readily admit I'm racist. OK, I have things no. that I f- no, honestly, that I fight. Right. If I'm on a crowded bar train, right? And someone who is Middle Eastern gets on board he's and got a bomb. He's, <laughs> he's got a backpack and I've never seen him on my on my train before. I will become concerned simply because not that he is Middle Eastern, but because he looks Middle Eastern. Now here is the here is the key difference. Right. I don't hate that person and my rational part of the brain says you're being an idiot. Yeah. 
stop being scared. It's stupid. Now, you can be racist and rational, or you can be in denial, because I think everyone has these kind of knee-jerk fears and reactions and thoughts, and, you know, it's how you deal with them. I do and, actually remember a time where I was I was standing in line at a gas station um, in a bad part of Worcester, and uh-huh. uh, the, the person behind me was an African-American fellow who had his hands in his pockets and he was wearing a hoodie yeah. on a day when it was 101 out. Yeah. And I'm, I keep turning around and looking and he's still got his hands in his pockets and I'm like, who the fuck wears a hoodie on a day like this <laughs> and keeps their hands in their pocket? Uh-huh. Now, now my rational brain is is still working. It's saying, it's saying there is something really wrong with the fact that this person is wearing the, mm-hmm. the you know, the, the, the hoodie in 101 degree weather but at the same time, at their... But at the same time, I, I believe, and I hadn't noticed until I, I sort of started really thinking about it, the gentleman behind him, who was with him, was also mm-hmm. wearing a hoodie, and he yeah. was white. And you didn't get scared by him. No. Yeah. See, no. it's a, it's a it's an involuntary trigger that you learned, right? You rationalized. You said, because that, that, that happens, right? Well, that's what, but the that's difference what happens is, when you... See, the, I moved The difference is, is that the, you didn't run yeah. and get a cop and say, see that black guy over there? He's really suspicious. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. And I think that more people need to learn that it's okay to have a racist thought or a racist feeling and own it so long as you are rational about it, right? So long as you know that what you're thinking is stupid, right? And it's the other people who take that feeling and then say, well, it is true. You know, this is based on fact. What I'm feeling is based on fact. Black people steal. Yeah. (laughs) When 99% of the time, not even 99, almost 100% of the time, they live with walk past and you know people of other races or other sexual orientations or other ages are around them not doing this thing in your head that you stereotype them to be doing exactly right not every old person is some unhip you know techno you know you know luddite who hates technology in fact a lot of older people love the internet because yeah. it gives them the opportunity to connect with people without having to sit down and write a letter, which hurts their hands because maybe they have arthritis. They can get on Skype with a couple of presses of the button and talk to someone that they haven't seen in a million years. Yeah. It helps helps them remain connected, which in turn helps them be mentally sharper because yeah. if, if they're not being social, they decline rapidly. I think you probably know that. Well, I, Oh, yes. And I can tell you, <clears throat> the reason that I, I brought up that, that meme in the first place was because I, I, not only, I mean, I like I said, I work with this demographic every day. Yeah. And the thing yeah. is, there are lots of stuff that you have to, because it's not my job to sit there and be like, yeah, well, you can you can not be racist and sit next to this person and shut your fucking mouth. You know what I yeah. mean? Because there are a few times where I've had where I've had some people be like, I don't want to sit here. And the only difference between the table they're sitting at and the other table yeah. isn't that they have friends at the other table, but because there's a black person at the table. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! And I'm, I know yeah. that I might be assuming something that's wrong. They might just not like the people at the table. But I, mm-hmm. you know, I can't just sit there and be like, "No, you have to fucking sit there and get over your fucking racism, you fucking old person." <laughs> well, that's that's what I think of when I think of that meme. It's a person who's <laughs> yeah. sitting there going, "You're being racist, you racist piece of shit." And then another uh-huh. person comes along and says, "Hey, just just calm down. They're 
you know, they're from a different time, and, you know, and they go, yeah, well, translation, they they didn't fucking learn anything through all of the, the changing times that they lived through in the 1960s and stuff. And, right. and I'm, I'm sitting right. there, I, I'm and I'm the person who's sitting there on the side just that's like, why the fuck are you even bothering then? Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to change them. Look at it this way. Yeah. Today's progressive becomes tomorrow's right winger. Yeah, but, and, and I can tell you there are so few times where I've actually challenged a an elderly person on their on their beliefs but mine are less they're less aggressive they don't yeah. i don't really have i don't really you know this is the thing so let's say uh let's say about a week ago i helped and i helped a woman onto the toilet right and as i am i am helping her remove her shoes and socks and help her get on her other clothes she's normally okay but uh let's just say you know for the sake of brevity she does have dementia all right, right. okay and she she sat there and she's like do, do you like doing this job and i'm like mm. yeah I've, I've, i like doing it i've been doing it on and off for about 18 19 years and she looks at me and she goes what are you a faggot what the fuck and this is the thing i didn't i didn't laugh i didn't really make a thing no. i was just sitting there and i and and okay and i gotta tell you this is this is a a, a violation of you're not mm-hmm. supposed to do this like yeah but I, I i had become friendly with her over the course of the few weeks so i i, I was just like oh she flipped a little bit and i was like well uh-huh. let's just say our piece yeah and i i looked up i was kneeling down and i was helping her get her shoes on and everything and i said you know i don't really understand why you would use a word like that to describe me and she goes speak because you you uh you like taking care of old people and wiping their butts and only faggots do that something to that I effect. See. and I I looked at I looked at her and I said no I, I don't really care if you call me that that's that's just fine I I can take it I've I've heard that a million times from a million old people you're you're no right. different than a lot of old people that I've heard yeah you you know you got that in your head from a long time ago but I just don't understand why you would use a word like that considering that two of your sons are gay <laughs> well the and other she looked thing- at, she glared at me. She fucking glared at me and she was uh-huh. like, she, you know, I think that, well, not only did she know that, but I knew it without even asking either of them because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I just, I knew it. They, they, they come in and they're, they're dressed in gaudy rings and they're like, hi, what's going on? And then look at my butt as I walk away, you know? And I was just uh-huh. like, eh, it's just fine, but I don't, yeah. I don't get you. You know, why would you say something like that? And then yeah. she glared. I, and I think that when she, well, she said, yeah, but I'm, I'm all right with them. And I said, and I'm oh, like, boy. so I think you've been holding this back for a really long time you know is that the kind of thing that you wanted to call your children but you just couldn't because everybody would have considered you you know a bigot right and and she was she was just silent for the rest of the time kind of kind of uh-huh. thinking and musing and then she forgot and said thank you and good night right it was, i don't know you're not supposed to do that but i know no, for a fact I that i wasn't part going of it to is, change her mind part of the story that you need that needs to be unpacked there also is that she sounds like she has enough of her marbles to realize that she's reached a place in her life where the amount of care she needs requires for someone to take her to the restroom like a child. Yeah. And maybe that's her only way of dealing with that. And her, and, oh God, just the ugly mindset of it is to lash out at the person that is actually assisting them because they find the idea of being cared for as an adult so gross that that was the insult that she was reaching for. It's like, wait, wait, wait. So I, because I would, here's how I would have reacted to it. I said, oh, so people who act in deeply altruistic manner, ways, despite abuse, are gay. Mm-hmm. I see. So so what you're saying is, is that gay people are extraordinarily noble and self-sacrificing and willing to do work that normal, straight, heterosexual, heterosexual people would have, what, just pushed you out into the gutter and say, rot, grandma? <laughs> you know, it's kind of like... 
what 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 are you trying to unpack there, lady? It doesn't make sense to me. Well, it, it, it's I can I. It seems like it's very emotionally complicated, and dementia can't help. Mm-hmm. Oh no, 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 it doesn't. And that's the other thing I I think about when I when I think about that meme is how many of these old people are you accosting, trying to change their minds, who actually have. See, I well, don't. I don't think they. You know, understand. it's bullshit, right? Dementia. You no, know it's what's. Bullshit? There's no person one. There's no person two. Oh yeah, it's, it's someone just trying like to be clever. And everybody clapped meme. Oh my god. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, and I, I would say, look, look. It, well, I, I think I swear they probably don't believe dementia's real. Who? Oh, I, I'm, I just gather from it. It's like it, that. That's a thing that happens later in life, and the longer you live, the more likely it is to happen. Yeah, we know not that to for everybody, a fact but now. well, no. I but, talked to I talked to a woman who was nine. 98 years old and she was fucking as sharp as a goddamn pencil okay but what i'm saying is again i i the yeah. demographic is huge for me yes it is so i i can tell you that that you're there's something wrong with their brain they don't believe that they you know the other person is not believing that dementia is real probably mm, that's possible yeah. that's possible you want to start a start a show or something yeah sure I cheer ourselves up yeah why not great because this has been a bummer in three Two, one. I need to get a soda. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Let Me Finish Two Men, One Story. One million interruptions. I am Jason Harding, and I am Atticus Soda. And on this show, we... (laughs) Atticus tells a story. Fuck you. (laughs) You want me to do it again? Nah, it's all right. Let's just keep going. (laughs) Atticus tells a story. people don't know. Come on. And I interrupt him. Um, And if you guys have a story that you would like to send us, please go to the Let Me Listen podcast website, go to the contact page, and leave it for us there, or send me a message and let me know how you would like to get it to me. Are we reading more of your story, Attic? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Okay, fine. We reading more of Attic. We one shorty. Guys, you gotta send us a longie. A longie. A big, fat, hot longie. A big, thick, veiny longie. Send me your high school uh, essays. Come on. I mean, yeah. I don't care. Anything. Anything. <laughs> we don't care. Send send us a racist photo that of, of a, an invention that you made that time travels. <laughs> Please don't. Like that, like that thing that Jason read about. Like that thing ago. that I brought up. Um, okay, so let's let's do the recap of where we left off. So this kid was gay. He went to watch a baseball game, and then he got hit by a car. And then this guy named Ben uh, went to the hospital with him, and the kid got stitches. And his mom is a prostitute, and <laughs> one of her Johns is is a crazy policeman who bro- who snuck into her home. Don't forget and about all the pew stuff. Three- I'm getting there. <laughs> After he got his head stitched up, he puked all over the place, and now they were going to be driving back to drop the kid off. Well, to see if there was anyone we're home, still, because the kids said, Yeah, ah, but, but presently we are still in the home of uh, Josh and Joan as, as Officer... Oh, yeah, Officer Blue is, is <laughs> waiting... <laughs> He is he has broken into their home and decided to look around because he wants Joan so badly and he discovered that Josh is gay and draws gay pictures. That's right. Yeah. All right. He left Joshua's room, head down, having an idea of what he could do for this woman, but only a vague summation of how he could get from point A to point B. The boy had no father around. The boy was becoming queer. The mother was alone (laughs) and a filthy prostitute. He could weasel his way into (laughs) their lives by gaining knowledge, as much knowledge about her as possible. 
possible. They make it seem as if he were the only answer to all of their problems. Once in, he would replace the man of the house, have a beautiful wife with whom he could gag and bind him every night for his pleasure, and a good son who did as he was told. He would bring him to church. He would bring him fishing. He would be the father that his never was. Can he have a heart attack before he leaves the house? No, he lives on for quite a while. He dies, though. Oh, good. Oh, there are worse people in this story, Jason. Oh, no. Yeah. Looking to the left, he saw the door of her bedroom. He had been in there already and knew what to expect. But if but if he really meant it, that he wanted her, he'd need to pry just a little bit more. He turned the knob and opened the door. It was in similar disarray as to when he had left. Shades drawn, the bed, the bed covers a mess, clothes strewn about, and there amongst the piles was a cheesecloth mask he'd worn during their tryst. He laughed Ugh. a little, leaned down and picked it up, then sniffed it. It smelled like sweat, a scent he enjoyed, along with the Ugh. smell of gasoline. Another carbon- Please let him catch on fire or something. <laughs> and other carbon-based liquids like rubbing alcohol. He threw them down on the pile, and as he did so, he noticed a pair of women's laced underwear. He thumbed no. these, brought them to his face, and sniffed them as well. Blue, stop it. <laughs> I see you found a pair of underwear, Blue. Blue, you've eaten all the crotch out of my underwear drawer. <laughs> The scent was acrid, though it may have been the smell of his own sweat in his nose, but he loved it too. These he stole by putting them in his other pocket to add with the collection from home. He has a collection of this woman's underwear. He has a collection of women's underwear. Ugh. To the right there was a dresser with myriad trinkets, perfumes, and other things. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah, sure. You don't have, like, a collection of men's underwear. I have my own underwear. Well, no, you know... Oh my god, oh my god, here, here. Uh, the inspiration for that part of the, the fact that he steals women's underwear is that actually yeah. came from a real person. So I have this friend um, that I've known for a very, very long time who uh, is a Christian, and uh, she had gotten divorced after an abusive relationship, and uh, yeah. she, she had two children, and uh, she decided to marry this new gentleman she had found and she was uh-huh. and a few years back I remember watching her stand at the pulpit of uh, uh, Camp Oh My God and she was talking about how great it was to for God to have sent her another wonderful man and how much of a challenge it was to have a new yeah. man in her life that she would take care of and okay. the only problem I remember hearing at first was the fact that she that she admitted to me very clearly and glaringly that this gentleman was a virgin and these people were both in their late 30s oh those poor people okay no well, she obviously wasn't a virgin, but he was, and I, I remember, yeah. I remember like talking to one of my other friends about it. And I'm like, is a virgin? I mean, are they going to wait till the wedding night, or what's going on? Like, and I remember him yeah. being kind of weird looking. He kind of had one of these. <laughs> he had like. He had like the eye, like eyes of a person that were always they. It was almost like they were trying to be um, inquisitive eyes, but were in fact nothing but dull cow eyes. Like there's okay. nothing, there's nothing really behind them. They're just cows' eyes are beautiful. Cows are beautiful. They're dull. They have great they're dull and they're mindless. Okay, I'm not they're done. They're not. I'm not I've done. spent plenty of time with cows. They're nice. And they're gentle. They're sweet. Okay, this guy's eyes were mindless and fucking crazy, like Charles Manson's. Right? Oh Jesus Christ! So, anyways, a few years go by and it seems like a happy relationship. I'm scrolling through Facebook and I keep seeing how awesome this guy is, and then yeah. all of a sudden. 
he he posts a bunch of stuff on her wall about about what a piece of shit she is, and then a couple hours later, it gets deleted oh, from her wall, right? Yeah. And then he's blocked. He blocks me. He blocks all of the all of the family members that she knows, and all this kind of stuff. And uh huh. Uh-huh. I don't ask what I don't I don't ask her what happened. Just I mean, because I'm I'm goddamn curious. What about this guy? Yeah, you pissed... you're dying to know what the fuck okay. just happened. So just this year, I asked another friend of theirs, and I was like, Hey, can you tell me what happened between them? And she said, Okay. And they live out in the middle of fucking nowhere okay this is Maine this is true Maine not not mm-hmm. uh, not Old Orchard but Maine Beach. has a population of like 1.8 million people okay, or something listen, like that okay listen listen I'm talking about true Maine not Old Orchard Beach with the Ferris wheels and the pear and then in the summer it's filled with lots of people I'm talking about you've just driven to the Walmart which is 20 miles from your fucking house okay that's that's true Maine okay alright so there's they they live in a in, in a um, it built up like box trailer that that that's sitting on you know uh, 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 cinder blocks and okay. it has additions to it like a like a, okay. a, a canopy and a, like it you know like <laughs> it, it's just there but it's in the middle of a fucking right. you know wheatgrass field right. Right? a white trash mansion yes but okay hey they work at the paper mill anyway okay was that supposed to <laughs> dispel my my description of it <laughs> it's fine well anyway okay so I asked no they work I, at the paper mill so it smells like farts oh all the time. yeah it smells like cheese it smells like cheese Ugh. and farts. But you get used to it, okay? I like traveling to this place because it's just kind of, it's country. It's beautiful. Well, anyway. Okay. So I asked the other friend, I'm like, can you tell me what happened between those two? And she goes, oh, he was caught breaking into women's homes and stealing their underwear. And I'm thinking Ugh. to myself, with miles in between each of their homes, he would have had to go, like, car trick-or-treating. Like, yeah. like driving down the road and be like, ooh, that's, that's a good place. <laughs> and I said, I said to her, uh, you know, the friend I was talking to, I'm like, that is the lamest fucking thing ever to get arrested yeah. for like I, I don't want him to do worse but at the same time can it be something interesting like he's a kleptomaniac that likes to steal only specifically used tampons but uh, can it be something more interesting than I steal uh, panties I kind of <laughs> wanted to, to walk up to him and be like dude come on you can go How? on the internet and see more interesting I, I'll show You're you boring. Here's boring yeah I, I, I was, you when, can buy those out of a vending machine in Japan. In, in, yeah, you can. That's actually true. Internally, I'm just like, this guy's lame. Not only yeah. was he a virgin at 38, but he steals I, women's underwear. I, I mean, okay, let me let me ask you a question. Yeah. What 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 do you think the reason is is that he was still a virgin at 38 years? Because old? he steals women's underwear? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, logically, that sounds true. It's just a circular reasoning argument that supports right. itself. Because I mean, yeah. up until when I got married I had it wasn't really a collection it was clothes that were left at my place right that's wrong and the <laughs> the mystery for me well I just it felt wrong throwing them away and sometimes I we just <coughs> didn't turn into a relationship so I wound up with like okay so <laughs> some of the things that I had other than a few pairs of underwear which you know I washed and I folded and I put someplace it wasn't like I was like creepily piling them up in my and rolling around this is mine this is mine I've got that fucking but like there was a pair of leather boots Mm -hmm. right right Someone's book bag. Right. Right. Okay. So it was, it wasn't hers. It was someone else's book bag. Okay. Were there books and in And thinking back on it, it was a guy's book bag. So thinking back on it, I'm thinking, oh, she had a boyfriend. Okay. And now she can't come back and get it. Right. 
Um, and uh, one of the very earliest um, uh, digital cameras. Yeah. Did you look and through I'm like, it? What was in the camera? No, I didn't look through it. I, oh, <laughs> fuck you. I, I would have done it. I, I wouldn't have felt I'm not bad that either. Kind of, I'm not that kind of person. They left it at your place, and they never came back, Jason. You can, they never came back for it. I accidentally yeah. found I, I found somebody's digital photo CDs of their trip to fucking, of their trip to Italy. And I, I put it in my computer, and I actually looked at these photos with absolutely disgust and hate because they were all they were already tan before they went there <laughs> they were on there uh, they were taking pictures of themselves drinking glasses of wine on their flight to Italy and I know that because of the uh-huh. order that the photos were taken they mm-hmm. went all right they went to St. Peter's to, to the St. Peter's temple and took yeah. a picture of Michelangelo's Pietà and it was blurry as shit I Wait, did you know these people it doesn't matter Jason <laughs> Let me finish what I'm saying. These motherfuckers were in some of the... In, they were in Florence, and they decided, oh, we're just going to walk around and drink and rent Vespas and shit. But, oh, the most one of the most beautiful creations of art, even though it's Christian iconography, I don't care. Michelangelo's no. Pietà is right uh-huh. in front of you, and you take one blurry-ass motherfucking photo of it and then move on to more drinking in Italy. <laughs> you can... You can you're allowed to do that, Jason. You're allowed to look at those photos. I don't do it, though. It's an invasion of privacy. Do you still do have it? it? No. Mail it to me. Of course you don't. This is years ago. <laughs> oh, that would suck. You mail it to me and it's full of, like, <laughs> child pornography no. or something. It's awful. A couple of weeks ago, I found an iPhone laying on the street. I charged it and I called the person back saying, I found your iPhone. That's different. You said that these items were left at your house. I don't yeah, know. these items were left at my house. That would yeah, be different. If it were a yeah. phone I found on the street, I always try to find out whose the phone is because I wouldn't want to lose my fucking phone. See, I think I have a, a, I have less of a tendency to judge people that I don't know at least a little bit, right? Right. Yeah. So if I know them a little bit and I know what their basic personality is, then I could go full in on you motherfuckers, especially if I think they don't deserve what they've gotten, mm-hmm. right? Um, but as a general rule, you know, if I don't know them, nah, that's a lie. I'm lying. Never mind. Because I make spot judgments based on how people behave in public all the time. You just talked about I mean, it earlier in the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do it all the time. I do it constantly. Jason is racist. He thinks all black people steal. <laughs> women, one of the things that I, be, I do a lot. Shirt. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that I do a lot when I'm in the city is when I see someone, if I see a homeless person, and they have obviously uh, the homeless people in San Francisco, if they're out and about, dude, you smell they, like pee. <laughs> no, it's not just that they smell. It's just that they've gone. I don't know if it's through drugs or if they had a pre-existing condition before that, uh-huh. but they. They've gone bonkers. Right. They've gone yelling at everything and everyone. Just getting on board just to come home this today. This wall is too close to me. Well, yeah. <laughs> talking to nobody. Walking up to someone like they're about to hit them. Just people walking through the station. Walking up with their hands hands raised as if they're going to hit somebody and then walking back from it. I mean, that's, that's the kind of homeless crazy people we have in San Francisco. I, I wasn't joking. Someone shitting in the middle of the street. Someone just pissing on cars. That's kind of awesome. And there's, <laughs> there's a, no, it's not. Not if you have to deal with it every day. And there, but I go through this thing is like, okay, so what happened? Did these guys find like do meth until their brain basically melted and they became this person? Or did they have an underlying condition and they turned to drugs and that, to, you know, to self-medicate to get better and 
and this is where they wound up or you know where they I can tell you that when I when I used to do the courier route in Worcester there is a strip mall in Worcester called um, the Midtown Mall which actually is a mall that's actually built inside of several older buildings that have basically caked together and built been built up in between so it's like it's like you you go it just says the Midtown Mall and it's just one little two way entrance and it's like a, a strip of of outside businesses right and uh yeah. and uh if you if you go there at around noon there there are like 20 homeless people standing out and as you standing out in front or sitting or you know covering their face yeah. singing or dancing for change and yeah. uh if you walk by each and every one of them will ask you for change and what sucked yeah. was because i i had to go into several of the businesses and before i finished that that i i could i just parked my car on the side of the road and would just walk from business to business yeah. dropping off what i need to drop off each one of them can i have some change excuse me sir can i have a cigarette i see you're smoking a cigarette can i have a cigarette excuse me hey what's going on hey uh my what there was one guy who said oh my wife is stuck in boston she's pregnant and oh, his lips geez. his lips were burnt to shit and he's like uh-huh. and i need some money to get to boston i'm like your wife is in boston and she's pregnant to the point where she might be getting giving birth and you're here doubtful and he's like no yeah. no man it's true i just got stuck out here because i was visiting a friend no man at that late stage of a, of a woman's pregnancy would be that far away from her knowing she's about to pop okay yeah now what i would do <clears throat> sometimes and, and and what sucked was i i would ask I, at one point i actually went into each of the places and i'm like can i bang on your back door through the midtown mall and come through <laughs> that way to drop off your stuff and they're like no yeah and i'm like oh boy i don't have i mean sometimes i give change but i don't like being accosted by these people yeah i, yeah. I feel terrible well, it, at, about not being able to give them anything but i also can't do anything about it you know like what's what's weird in san francisco is they must have some sort of underground because they learn new tactics i remember there was what? this one time <laughs> like they every... come out of a uh... <laughs> yes they learn new things like uh, uh, um there was a time in which someone would walk up and say hey listen um <laughs> i just got released out of out of jail and i don't have any money and i need to get <laughs> Um, back down to San Mateo or San Carlos, can I get money for the train so I can take the train back down to San Mateo because I just really need to go go home. Okay. Can I get 10 bucks to go home, right? And everybody, every... I I remember there was like a period of two weeks where I got hit by that, by that same story in different variations, like five different times, right? And a friend of mine, we were both walking together and he goes, oh, that's terrible. Hey, tell you what, I don't carry any cash on me. How about you and I go down to um, go down to Caltrain and I'll just buy you a ticket? And the guy went "fuck you" and he got really fucking pissed off. My dad has really a story very off. similar to that from from the 1970s or so. He said, "Oh, no, really?" Well, he actually, I got to tell you, he was visiting San Francisco at the time. He was there ah. at uh, no, I'm sorry, he was at uh, Disneyland. Where's Disneyland in reference to you? It's about 400 miles away. Okay, but he was he was in he was in California to visit to visit. At Disneyland and a friend in San Francisco, right? Okay. And he told me about how um, there was a gentleman who was standing outside of a, a, a he was standing outside of a bar, um, uh-huh. and uh, the man the man walked up to him and he said, uh, you know, excuse me, uh, could you think that you could give me some money for food because I haven't eaten in, right. in a few days? Right. Uh, you know, a good you know five bucks would do. And I, yeah. I think, well, what's five bucks in 1970? That's like a whole. That's like a few meals, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Exactly. And uh, what my father said was, okay, if I don't, I don't. Uh, he said, okay, I'll come and I'll, I'll bring you 
inside and I will buy you dinner. And the guy yeah. got fucking pissed off and he was like, no, fuck you, yeah. you piece of shit. I just want the money. And he's like, oh, what do you want it for? Alcohol? And he goes, you can't assume that about me. And he's like, well, if you wanted food, right. then you'd be fine with me bringing you in and having a meal with me, wouldn't you? Right, exactly. Right. And that's that's kind of the point is what you call, you, you're you not denying them anything, but you kind of call their call their bluff. They're not asking you for, for money for food or the car ride or whatever else it is. If they truly wanted it, they go, thank you so much, and then they would go, yeah. right? But that nine times out of ten. The weirdest one was in the last two weeks, almost every day, I walk past somebody who is laying on the ground with either a, one of those, we have these, you know, uh, rent-a-bikes, yeah. you know, like lemon bikes and stuff like that, where you scan your phone in and you can ride them for like, I don't know how much they charge you for the per minute or whatever. Um, they're a nuisance in, in, in San Francisco. Between the electric scooters and the electric bikes, they're all over the sidewalks, but there'll be somebody who's obviously homeless and they'll be laying on the ground and either a bike will be on top of them or they will be on top of a bike. Right? <laughs> and bike I porn. Kept, Hold on. I kept, Let me go take a picture kept, of this homeless person with their arms between yeah. its spokes. <laughs> and I kept seeing it going, what the fuck is going on? And then I found out later that what they would do is they were pretending that they had collapsed on a bike and people would go up and try to help them. But at some point, some of these people were passing out, waiting for people to run up and help them while they were laying on top of bikes or laying so underneath hot. them. No, because they were so fucking... Some of these people, I'm surprised they're walking. And I'm not talking about older people either. I'm like Some of these homeless people are really young. Like, I wouldn't say they're necessarily teenagers, but they're definitely in their 20s. Mm-hmm. And they're not, they're not doing well. They're not... They're barely aware of their immediate surroundings, it seems like, mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Um, and this is different from the obviously crazy ones, the ones that are yelling at everything, because they're not asking you for anything. They're just yelling. You know, they're on a street corner yelling. They're yelling at a tree. They're yelling at nobody. Um, these guys obviously look like they're either coming they're down from something. Fuck you, tree! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was like. You tell Andy, you tell Andy that I'm not going back there, you son of a bitch, you son of a bitch! And it's like staring directly at a tree or a wall or <laughs> whatever else. Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. Anyway, so back to away the from the panty sniffing thief. <laughs> To the right, where the, uh, there was a dresser with myriad trinkets, perfumes, and other such baubles that a woman would collect. Above the dresser and mirror was adorned with photos of her hus- her, her, and her husband, playfully being um, being lovers in many places that lovers did haunt. A photo in the car. A photo in the circus on a Ferris wheel. A photo of Thomas sleeping. He knew then that she deeply loved this man, and it would be hard to tear her away from him. But he couldn't. He could do it if he had the right leverage. Bullshit, you fucking fire weird pervert fireplug man. His deluded mind had then coag- had coagulated then to its eventual conclusion that he was the only one who could fix all of her problems, whatever they were. He groped through the drawers for anything, and to his utter surprise, in the first top right-hand drawer, there was a bundle of letters addressed from her husband. These would give oh. him what he needed, to know the mind of his obsession, to be the man she wanted him to be. With the bundle in hand, he stepped out of the room and shut the door. He reached to his right and shut the door of the boy's bedroom, then went into the bathroom, 
lifted the seat and relieved himself of his urine. After leaving the bathroom, he shut the door and looked about the living room and kitchen to see if he'd left anything out of place. He looked at the he drawing again. the toilet. He looked at... He, well, he also left the toilet seat up. Oh, good because, for him. Yeah, but Josh would, Josh would put it down, though. Of course that. he would. He looked at the drawing again and at the smudge in the charcoal. They wouldn't notice, he thought. He turned to the living room and realized the drawer he'd opened was askew. He pushed this back in hurriedly, glanced around once more, once more for good measure, and stepped out of the sliding door at the rear of the house. There's no way she could possibly miss the letters from her dead husband. <laughs> Fuck those things. Nobody collects. Yeah. Who collects? Wait, Jason collects women's panties, but they hit. Oh my god. <laughs> he, well, at least they were left there. I mean, come on. Yeah, I know. And and the camera that you probably still have that has that has you know I don't <laughs> have porn it. on it or something. <laughs> it's donkey brave. Yeah, watch. I finally, if I did still have it, I finally somehow managed to connect it to my computer. It's filled with like murder scenes. <laughs> A snuff film. Oh, God. <laughs> Pictures of me from taking across the street or asleep in my room when I thought I was alone. And what's funny is the last photo is is, is of, a, of, of a handwritten date, which is that particular day that you're looking at the photos. <laughs> January 19th, 2020. You will look at these photos. I know the future. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Better watch out. Don't. Don't. I don't have the camera anymore, so it didn't work. <laughs> nah. It was like a chain letter. It's coming. It's going to be mailed back to you do you ever think that sometimes maybe you traveled back in time to see yourself and if you did would you recognize your older self as you uh, well i think if i presently did it and visited myself at 18 or so i might recognize myself but um you know that's only because i actually had fantasies of time traveling back back from the future <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, yeah. But I, I think if I, if it were like my sixty-five-year-old self or my eighty-year-old self, I might be like, hmm, "Who's that uh -huh. dude?" He came. Okay, let's he say came to the you travel back. Home. <laughs> you travel back in time and you go visit your eleven-year-old self. Right? No, you wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't think I would recognize myself either, and I'd become horribly upset at, at eleven years old if I found out. I'd be like, "Really? Why? That's me. What have you done?" I think there was a movie where Bruce Willis met his younger self, and the, and his younger self had all these awesome ideas about who you would be and all that kind of stuff. We, I want to fly planes and I have a dog and, and I have I have a wife and I'm really happy and I have three kids and yada, yada, yada. And, and uh -huh. then all of a sudden, Bru uh, Bru older Bruce Willis is like, I'm a lawyer. And the, guy, yeah. the kid's like, what? I thought you were talking about 12 monkeys because technically he sees himself die in that one. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. They're, I guess he's done that several times, hasn't he? He likes time travel shit. Nah, nah. Who, who's done the most time travel movies? Probably Bruce Willis. No. Because we just named... We just named two. There's another one, Looper. Oh, my God. That's true. Yeah. Um... Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, no, I'm sorry. The no. Termi even though he, even though the Terminator is still the same character, he's done it six times. Has he? Yeah, there's one more movie coming out too. Oh, why? In the name of God, is there another Terminator movie? Because coming? there are numerous. They're they're just admitting that there are numerous timelines, like the tar like the Star Trek series. Oh, great. Yeah. So I, anyway, I I, so Schwarzenegger is the is the he's the winner of the on on screen kill count. <laughs> oh, actually, I think I'm, I think they found out that Indiana Jones actually killed more people. I mean. About or uh, Harrison Ford has actually shot more people than Schwarzenegger. In he may have. That's a possibility. Oh well. Anyways, oh. if you consider if you consider the fact that he brought the Ark, Ark of the Covenant and, and it's his fault. Oh, if you up. include the Ark of the Covenant as kills accredited to that's like thirty Indy and not to God. <laughs> that's like thirty kills right there. I know they're half kills. They're <clears throat> Nazis. Mm, they're kills, Jason. <clears throat> Whatever. 
He went to, again. He went around the oak tree in the middle of the lawn, down the path in the backyard, and through the hedges the way he normally left. From there, he was facing a street parallel to the one the house faced, and he turned right down the sidewalk. His squad car was just a few blocks away where he from where he'd left it. A 1950 Chevrolet two-tone blue, white, black, and white stood sat parked up on the side of the curb between two plots. He was doing this on his time. Gross. I just realized that, like he was getting laid, yeah. and like no, they were like, nah, it's a lazy ass town. I'm gonna go get laid with my little with my little. <laughs> tiny penis. <sighs> Taking out his keys, he unlocked the door and sat in, sat in with a great sigh of relief and excitement at what he'd just done. The rush of it, the feeling of giddy excitement flowed through him from head to toe, much like the orgasms Joan had given him half an hour earlier. Before, But before leaving, he felt woozy, like his brain were floating in his skull. His eyes could not focus on the steering wheel and his stomach churned. He- stroke, 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 stroke. <laughs> Very suddenly, he, very suddenly, heaves dry air and a bit of stomach acid into his mouth. This kind of thing was not co- one was not uncommon to him, as he had had frequent heartburn. But this, it was like getting punched in the, sum- the stomach, something that had happened to him on more than one occasion. He could not draw in breath for a moment. He he hitched and his giant he hitched his giant belly down to overcome the sensation for a moment. He thought he might drop dead in his car. He envisioned his bloated white corpse, uh, discovered uh, discovered after days and days of being missing, flies. Blood, uh, flies buzzing around, having fed on his dead flesh and hatched to lay more eggs in his eye socket. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and as suddenly as the feeling had come on, it left, and he drew in a deep breath and his vision cleared. <clears throat> what had just happened, he wondered. It was a bit terrifying. But since it had not lasted, he decided that if, and only if it happened again, would he go to the hospital. <laughs> Speaking of, right now, right about now, Joan would be reaching the hospital. He would watch her and the boy interact without it being known, and would add to the catalog of knowledge he had about her. <laughs> After his heart had settled, he rested himself into the seat, placed the bundle of letters next to him, and started the vehicle, then pulled off the curb and drove to the city to surveil his new obsession. Upon reaching the hospital, he lurked through the parking lot to find Joan's car. It was not difficult to find, as it was ostentatiously a deep... I don't need to use these 50-cent words anymore. No. Ostentatiously a deep red-colored Chevy Bel Air, just the kind of car her bully husband must have chosen. (laughs) Once found, he parked one row behind it and to the left so he could watch the car unhindered by other cars or even or even his windshield. It was late on this particular summer day and the evening sun had begun to settle behind the hospital, giving it a pink and purple aura. The hospital itself was blocked the intensity of the sun, throwing shade over the entirely, entirety of the lot. He was glad he did not have to have to sit uncomfortably in the heat, though he had been sweating since the moment he started his car. <laughs> leaving the window leaving the window fan window open the fan the fan him down oh my god to fan him down or mer- right. or merely dry the sweat to his body it was 6:30 p.m. it had been almost an hour since he'd left her home and with a half hour of that spent driving she'd only been inside for a little while hospital visits didn't take that didn't take a long time and what if her son had on- had been badly damaged what if he was presently in surgery there was only so much time he could wait before he'd have to ter- return to the station Shit! Right. He thought. He took a receiver off his hook, off the hook, thumbed the button, but did not say anything. It's been two hours since since I radioed to update them. Then immediately, go. then he immediately <laughs> calmed himself with the realization that if he were in any sort of trouble, his radio would have been blaring with the, vo- the voice of his captain scolding him, telling him just how useless he was. He was. But this had not happened. He decided that if no one was saying anything, he would not mention his absence. Why draw attention to his wrong, his own wrongdoing? He put the thing back on the receiver and settled himself down. 
On the, on the seat lay the bundle of letters, one large brown rubber band with creases and cracks from age bound them. He lifted, one, he lifted the bundle, pulled at the rubber band, and it broke just under just one tongue, t- uh, tug, snapping in his face. What are you... Smooth, Captain Ninja. Well, no, yeah, but there's it's... no way she's finding out about this. Well, he's not putting it back. Ugh. Fuck, he yelled, then rubbed at the wound on his nose. Then he unraveled the rest of the band from the bundle. The bundle. It had been there so long that the edges of the stiff letters had pressed folds into multiple areas of the bands. More pieces broke off in chunks, and he laid them into a neat pile on the seat next to him. After the band was gone, it no longer obscured the addressee to, to Joan Marie Gagnon, and, and he felt a bit of joy that he had learned her middle name. Ugh. I hate this man. It was the first card. It, this uh, The first was a card seat, uh, sized 3 by 5 with a bright blue envelope, and on the top left-hand corner, it read, By Air Mail, from Thomas Gagnon. And the right had a stamp that said, U.S. Marine Post. I did research. Mm. Research. <laughs> blue had never made it to the, into the Marines, but not for lack of trying. Three years earlier, uh-huh. three years earlier, he had received his draft letter, and then had been and had been mostly physically fit enough to pass each and every test, but the one about flat feet. Why the hell was that even a problem? He mused, then turned over the end envelope and flipped the seal and pulled out the card. On its face was a very plain print of a Christmas tree. Nothing special there, and he wondered what sort of crappy hallmark reading would be inside. After mm. all, what could a bully really have to say other than something like Merry Christmas a signature and I love you upon opening the card he was shocked to find that there was there was no printed greeting but that the thing had been filled from top to bottom on both interior pa- on both interior pra- pages with writing and some and some had even spilled over onto the back he was disturbed to find that Thomas could write well and was <laughs> and was quite eloquent though his his though his actually thoughts his like. actually thoughts. His actual thoughts were more akin to this right. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. He was disturbed to find that Thomas could write well and was quite eloquent, though his actual thoughts were more akin to this guy writes good, very wordy. And he scanned the page. <laughs> my dear, my hope is that this letter will not be lost. I apologize that you did not receive the check I sent you a few months back. Something that must have been messed up at the military post, such that it never made it to our mailbox. The thought of the two of you having to live without, even with only for a week uh, breaks my heart and I want you to know mm. just how sorry I am for that I have begrudgingly uh, as this may well be lost enclosed $75 in cash in the hope that it meets you and our boy well speaking of him tell him tell him I am now and will always be proud to hear of his academic and extracurricular achievements also okay. I would like you to know how proud I am of you that you have endured in my absence and that are continuing to raise a fine young man whom I can't wait cannot wait to see fight feet tall at 10 years old. That would make him taller than me at my at that age. I love his drawing of me, and have pinned it aside my bunk to remind me of just how talented he is. And my little boy is growing up, and I must have missed, and I have missed too much of his life, even if I have only been gone a year and a half. Remember the night we mm. conceived him? The night we brought him home from the hospital? The day we got married? The first time we kissed? It is though those moments that keep me going through this terrible war. And I remember the words of Shakespeare. That and the prostitutes. No. Sorry. No. All right, fine. Through this terrible war, and I remember the words of Shakespeare when I think of you. Love come forth like a shine after the rain. And that is how I will be when... And that is how it, we will be... Yeah, that is how it will be when we see each other again. God damn it. 
I demand it. I'm very tired, Jason. I know you're tired. Forever yours, done. Thomas Gagnon. Blue felt revulsion, much like the revulsion he'd felt at the house upon discovering the boy's drawings. What would the father? What would the father think if he saw those? And how did the mother not find them, see them? Would they be repulsed like he was at the sight of those pictures? He supposed that the father would, but the mother? She was a prostitute and had already allowed herself the sin of pleasure during sex. <laughs> I hate him. But Blue's Blue's summation of the events of the day would only be surface level. He would never turn his thoughts inwards to see his own reflection in her sin or the boy's sin. She must know, has to know. She was a mother, and mothers routinely looked for their children's rooms and found things that they had hi- they'd hide. Just like all those dead animals, my mom found. Thought Blue. <laughs> Thought Jason. No. And th- this is a kitten. This is a kitten without skin. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> This is a kitten's skull dried out and turned into an ashtray. <laughs> <laughs> this is a kitten's skull with mama written across the forehead in Sharpie. <laughs> Ergo, she must have seen them. In order to gauge her knowledge of this, he'd have to see the two together. If she was distant to him, that would mean if that was if it was dist if she was distant to him, that would mean that she knew. And if not, that would mean that she did not. It was that simple. Oh, he's such a good cop. But uh, yeah. But on his thoughts about the letter, he did not know even where to begin. The guy was such a good guy, he himself could not even compare. That she'd received such a letter meant that she enjoyed such things. Goofy love, poetry, hearts and stars in their eyes. And when they thought of one another, when they thought of one another, he'd wished he'd had her. Ret- he'd wished he'd had her return letter to read her response. No doubt it would be just as gooey and dripping with love, written with an educated vocabulary which he did not have. Little did he know, it just said thanks, send more money. <laughs> and by the way, this is. By the way, I got fucked by the neighbor, and I decided I want to do this for a living. A number of words Tom had written <coughs> he had never heard of, and uh, and and of others he had never used, begrudgingly and extracurricular, along with a syntax and grammatical correctness that made Blue feel foolish. How would this bully even become so intelligent? Rather than allow it to baffle him, he mitigated that Tom must have paid someone else to write it. This is something that Donald Trump would think. This guy can't yeah. possibly be this smart, so he paid somebody else to write it. Fake news. Right. Fake letter. Yeah. If you can't do it, then they... They would have done what you would have done, which is hired someone else to do it. The alternative realization, which had only occurred to him vaguely, was worse. That Tom was, in fact, intelligent, tall, good-looking, provided for his wife, loved her, and cared for her. Uh Uh-huh. He moved the card out of his field of vision and looked over the steering wheel. Across the lot were a few patrons leaving the hotel, an old er old nurse idly smoking a cigarette outside the door, a mother pushing a stroller into the building, a man sitting on a bus bench clenching his stomach like he needed to poop, but no sight of... (laughs) That's the man who earlier asked about his bowel movements at the desk. Yeah. But no sight of Joan or her son. And that was a good... That was good being he wanted to read more of her paid-for letters. The next one in the pile (laughs) was just a plain white envelope with the same military stamp as before. He slid the paper out. It was a single sheet written on the same scrawl as before. Joni, I am glad to have received money I... uh, Joni, I am glad you have received the money I sent and hope it was well spent on the needs of the house. But also hope that you and Joshua had fun at the movies and made yourself sick with burgers and ice cream. I am disheartened to hear that our son has been bullied for his skepticism in class. That the teacher mm. that the teacher even mocked him for his understanding of biological evolution. Were I to have the money, I would send him to a private school where they were not so religiously indoctrinated that they would could not see what was all around them. As for the boys who bullied Josh, tell him that his endurance and fight and not fighting back as a result of his size is valiant in itself, and I love him for it. 
but that, if need be, I would not judge him for using his height and weight to his advantage and fought back. One, one, once one punch from him should knock the offenders away, and that would be the end of it. Also, tell him that he does not have to shower with the other boys if he does not want to. As I recall from going to school there, in the back of the boys' locker room there is a single shower stall unit which he may use if he gets no if he gets no use if he gets a note to use it for, uh, to get from you to give to the gym teacher. I myself have never understood the reasoning behind forcing teenagers to shower together when a simple divider between each shower could have saved him from embarrassment. Though why he would be embarrassed at being so well endowed, I do not understand. He is like his old pa and should be proud of it anyways oh boy anyways save hitchcock's rear view rear view for when i get home i do love hitchcock so much and cannot wait for you to tremble in fear rear view rear view rear window okay stop it you knew what i fucking meant (laughs) i do love hitchcock and cannot wait for you to tremble with fear clutching me for comfort love thomas gagnon (laughs) in this letter we're in this letter were (laughs) even more words that he did not understand and it might it made his mind is a mind real to place his own words wherever it was the father was trying to convey. Several times he mm. found himself rewording sentences until he understood. <clears throat> Disheartened, skepticism, biological evolution, indoctrinated, and valiant. <laughs> he decided that he would keep a running tab of the words he did not understand so that he could look them up later. But one thing he understood, and very clearly, was that the father had a huge dick and had passed on said <laughs> huge dick to his son, who was actually embarrassed to have it, such that he did not want others to see it. It also occurred to him that the boy had conveyed his embarrassment to the mother, and she in turn had conveyed it to the father, who treated it like a family joke. There was so much for him to put together before he would have he would have her. He would quite, quite literally have to change almost everything about himself. He would have to lose weight. He would have to be nicer, not so quick to anger not so quick to judge i stapled a hot dog to my dick do you love me now (laughs) (laughs) you mean like that scene in pink flamingos (laughs) oh stop (laughs) everybody go watch pink flamingo no 15 year olds go watch pink flamingos (laughs) no do not yes please there's a scene at the end where a man shits on the ground (laughs) like the homeless people of san francisco picks it up and then eats it (laughs) a dog does a dog doesn't no it's a dog divine it's a dog piece of oh picks it oh okay it doesn't matter yeah yeah. he would have to keep a clean house and clean himself just then he put the card down rubbed his fingers and his armpit and sniffed his fingers he was disgusted by what he smelled there but then reminded himself of the sexual escapade he just had along with the fact that he'd not washed his uniform in days but he still would have to go get himself clean before much else would happen between he and Joan. Mr. and Mrs. Joan, Bobby, Joan and Bobby Blue, he mused aloud like a teenage girl. Ugh. He liked the sound of it. He imagined their dates, laughing and having fun. He imagined the first time they would make love as man and wife, forsaking all others and being completely devoted to one another, and to being completely devoted to having a son who was an upstanding young citizen. Uh-huh. Maybe he could even convince the boy to become a police officer. He stopped Ugh. in his reverie and thumbed another of the letters. And just as he was about to read it, about to read it, he saw Joan Joshua and another boy he'd never seen before step out of the revolving door one by one it was dark already and the sodium arc lamps lit the parking lot they seemed excited for just a moment then she had said something that caused their faces to droop he wished that he could hear what they were saying they were walking they walked um he wished that he could hear what they were saying they walked the parking lot until they reached her car and it was then that he put his head down so they could not see them he listened heard is this your car the other boy asked then it's fu- i mean it's great then after they had gotten in the car he could hear no more 
He peered over the steering wheel as she pulled out of the spot. Were they going back to her house? Maybe. He decided he would follow her. There's not much longer left in this chapter, just so you know. Hurry. A few cars back (laughs) to ensure she would not see him, just to see where they were going. He started his engine, put the car in drive, pressed the gas, and as he did so, there was a sputtering of the engine and then it stalled. Halfway in and out of the spot, precariously, in an aisle, he attempted to start the engine again. It turned over and over again, but would not start. God damn it, he cursed. Then pulled the lever for the hood. Then he opened the door of the car and stepped around it. He palmed around for the lever under the hood and searched around the engine. He had no knowledge of engines yet yet looked anyway to see if there was something he could yeah. jimmy or cajole. He started randomly pulling things out. <laughs> to cause it to start again. After groping with the hoses, the air filter, touching around the carburetor, fondling the spark plug wires, and other such useless things, he realized he must have run out of gas. (laughs) 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 He sighed, then rounded the vehicle and put it in neutral, and pushed a leg outside of the door with his left foot, and with great exertion, moved the the car back into the spot. He was upset, obsessed, worried, but none of this deterred him from his task. After shuffling his hat into place to look official, he walked to the parking lot. He walked the parking lot to the revolving door and found himself unable to move the slider. He even put his shoulder into it along with all his might. It still would not budge. That that was when an elderly woman who appeared not to notice him but nonchalantly came to the other side of the, the door, taped a sign to the window that read closed for business. What? what? He shrieked. <laughs> well, that, that's what you gotta do. You gotta say what? Shrieked. Shrieked through the door. Uh, he shrieked through the door then. How can a hospital be closed for business? But the tiny old woman merely kept talking. He called again, banging on the window. Hey, I'm talking to you, lady. Then he thought for a moment and stepped outside of the vestibule. Walking to his right, he tried the door adjacent to the revolving one. It would not budge either. He brought his face closer to the glass and cupped his hands around it better to see inside. To better see inside. There, sitting inside the desk, was the old woman along with an elderly doctor. Someone whom looked vaguely familiar, but he could not make make him out through the dirty window. The gentleman he'd recognized was wearing a nice press suit and wore glasses, but his face was just beyond the call of his memory. He banged on the door once more, opened his jacket to reveal his badge, exclaimed, Hey, I'm a police officer. My car ran out of gas and I just need to make a phone call. She looked up from the desk, chattered with chattered with the doctor for a moment, then got up, walked in her own el- her own elderly way, head bobbing to the window. Turned her face up to gaze through the window and said, you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> what? He asked. She reiterated, you're not supposed to be here. She then nodded, point, pointed out the window to where his car had been parked and asked, is that your car? He turned. Horribly, he saw that his vehicle had begun to roll out of the spot. Damn it, he thought. <laughs> And must have left it in neutral. And as it rolled, it came to a it came came a crunching sound as if other tires rolling through the parking lot at a great speed. He turned to look at the other car and saw a great giant dump truck speeding through the lot directly at his squad car. But before he could even react or say a word, the truck plowed through his own car as if it were a tin can, horribly smashing the windows into shards of exploding glass. Debris sailed through the air, and then it came down in a shower of metal. He jumped cl- back a clear three feet into the gate into the plate glass in front of the facade of the hospital. Even after the truck had obviously hit his car, how could the person have not known? It idled back off the wreckage, scraping it against the ground as if it were a, if it were sucked to the grill of the truck. In fact, it was. And once the offending car had been scraped loose, having no almost no damage itself, the truck tripped the first three gears, honked loudly, and then drove away into the night. <laughs> was that the same guy who hit the kid? Shh. <laughs> Ah!
Okay, that's it. Thanks, Eddie, for reading this story. Yeah, thanks for the horrible stories about San Francisco. No problem. Let's go and shit hey guys, on the street corner story... and then, you know, and then feed it so to people. It, I'm going to eat a shit sandwich. <laughs> I'm make it right here on the sidewalk. Oh, yeah, you know what? There's a, my friend and I made a song a long time ago on a, a, eight, a, a eight bit uh, cassette recorder, right? Or eight channel cassette recorder uh, called We're yes. Off to Dog Shit Sandwich Land. And it was the, <laughs> the it was the theme. Right, right. Hold on. Let me, let me pull up one of my guitars. Right before we go off, I'm not going to turn it on, but uh, it was the okay. it was the theme from Enter Sandman, right? Wait, let me uh-huh. see. I haven't played it in forever, right? Over and over again, and then all of a sudden, right. we go into the theme, and it's like because we knew how to play the whole song. I haven't played that song in so long, and all of a sudden, I uh-huh. come in and I'm like, "Say your prayers, it's a one. Don't forget my turds, or something like that." <laughs> <laughs> And then we're like, we're off to dog shit sandwich land. I'm going to eat a juicy dog turd tonight. What a lovely word poem you came up with. What's funny is the song came out really great because he was so good at mixing the sound. So I'm just Uh just sitting there on guitar. I'm like, and 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 all of a sudden I just come in. I'm like, we're off to dog shit sandwich land. I'll never forget it. Anyway. All right, everybody. <laughs> Let me finish. This has been Jason Hardy. And this is Atticus Doomed. And until next time, you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh-huh. Bye. Goodbye, Blue. You say goodbye? I am. I said goodbye. Uh-huh. Dog shit sandwich land. <laughs> The Lemmy Finish Podcast is a Lemmy Listen Podcast production with Atticus Blake and Jason Harding. With music by Kevin McLeod. Produced by Jason Harding. You can find more Lemmy Listen Podcasts at our website at www.letmelistenpodcasts.com. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, and iTunes. Please like and leave a review. And thank you for listening.